It's been said that Prague is the most haunted city in all of Europe. With over a thousand years of history, it should be no surprise that there have been a lot of deaths, murders, robberies, and other less-than-salubrious activity. Fortunately, I'm here with an expert, Mr. Raymond Johnston, journalist and very longtime resident of Prague. Hello, Raymond. Hi, how are you doing? Good, 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 good. Uh, we're going to talk about ghosts in Prague today and the ghost map that Raymond has created. A city is much more than just a collection of buildings. It's a location, it's a history, it's a culture, it's ideas and ideals, and a city is also, most importantly, the people in it. This is Prague Times, the podcast that takes a look at the city of Prague in the Czech Republic. With more than a thousand years of history, there's a lot to talk about. We'll talk about the past of Prague, but we'll also talk about the city as it is today, future plans for the city, and much more. It's Prague then, Prague now, and Prague later. And this is Prague Times. Raymond, how long have you been here? I've been here like 25 years. Uh, you've been a writer for a very long time. You mm -hmm. used to be the editor-in-chief of Prague Post yes. uh, after Levy left. And I know, uh, was it 2017, I guess it was, that you created this interactive ghost map, mm -hmm. right? Who, yes. who was that for? Tell, tell us something about that. Um, it was for this website that I've been working on um, with these people that make tarot cards. And, ah. and uh, they were trying to get a website with some of the stories and legends about uh, Prague, which ties into one of the decks that they made. And they also, once every year, once every two years, have a big tour here where people come from outside of Prague to see the places where alchemists lived and where mystical things happened. Sure. So it was kind of a long-term advertising thing for them. And and uh, that's Magic Bohemia, right? Yes. It's the site's magicbohemia.com. And the people that make the tower cards is Baba Studio. And yes, you can check the description of this podcast for a link to Raymond's rather astonishing interactive Google map of ghost stories and other tales and legends of Prague. I counted, so this morning I was looking at it, I counted 288 stories. That sounds about right. Not every map on the page has a uh, story on the website yet, but that's like the long-term goal is to get a story for every haunted house. Every street. Every street in the old town of Malastrana, there's something, definitely. I think maybe we probably don't have time to cover 288, but I don't know. Give me, give me some of your favorite. Give me a couple of your favorites. Like, what's one of your favorite ghost stories? One that's really popular is, uh, is on Campa. There's a ghost of a flaming turkey. A flaming turkey. Yes, it's the bird. <laughs> it comes from uh, on Good Friday, you were not supposed to eat meat, and turkey counted as meat. Uh, ah, that, right, it's not fish. Right, it's not uh -huh. fish. And um, Campa was made for milling. That's why the Chertovka's uh, mill stream. Mm -hmm. and, and the miller at this one place wanted to eat turkey on Good Friday. Yeah, shame on him. <laughs> so, so he went into his mill house and secretly killed one of his turkeys, uh, cooked it there so no one would, would see. And uh, apparently the forces that be were not happy with this at all. He choked on the turkey bone or something. He was found uh, dead in the doorway of the mill house. And oddly though, he doesn't come back as a ghost to haunt the mill house. The turkey does. And it comes back on Good Friday's flaming and just angry and inconsolable. There's nothing you can do about it. It's a pissed off turkey. A, a, a pissed off flaming turkey. 
and the tale is like they've called out the fire department to try to hose it down. No luck. They've called out sharpshooters. Nothing. And where does it go? Does it just hang out there and just it, squawk or it, run it, around? It just hangs out in front of one of the mill houses there and squawks and hangs around. He hasn't been seen since the Vatican II reforms when they eased the restrictions on eating meat because apparently the turkey must be confused now about which days he's supposed to come because, you know, it's no longer meat spanned on Fridays. So, so that turkey just, is a hardcore Catholic. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Follows the old rules. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Is this, is this the mill house that's the pub that David Chatterley, uh, the sculpture, is part owner of or helped decorate or whatever? Several buildings there would have been mill houses. Mm-hmm. So it's it, not sure which one, but there's the one pub there still has a mill wheel. And there, uh, uh, the, the building that's the Campy Museum had a big mill wheel, and that was torn down to make the river navigable because it was just in the way. There's a couple other buildings there were mill buildings. There's another mill building you can see, uh, a mill wheel you can see there uh, with the um, water sprite in front of it. Yeah, further down towards the Charles yeah, Bridge yeah. on the Devil's Canal, Chertovka. Yeah. yeah. Do you know when the turkey thing happened? I'm assuming it's after White Mountain? It has to be after White Mountain. The, uh, the milling became a big thing there, I think only like in the 17 or 1800s. Many of the stories, it's very hard to pick out when it is, but you have to look for these certain clues. So yeah, this would probably be the 1800s because that's when milling was a big thing there. Gotcha, gotcha. Now the turkey's not the only scary animal, right? No, there's there's a whole genre of, uh, we've got dogs, we've got cats. There's a evil demonic rabbit up in Bohnitsa. There's... <laughs> There's not very much to that story. I've, I've always wanted to write it up, but that's, that's basically, that's the whole story. There's an evil demonic rabbit up in Bohnitsa, and the uh, woods there used to be a pagan uh, grove of some kind. Uh, who worshipped the rabbit, maybe. Something like that. They worshipped the rabbit, or somehow the rabbit was their icon or something, but that I don't know about. I wonder if the rabbit's angry because they put the mental hospital up there on Bohnitsa Hill. Could be, could be. But actually, angry, you know, you see the angry rabbit in the uh, Monty Python movie. Yeah. And, and that actually was uh, not, not, not something they made up. There's a whole genre of illustrations and manuscripts with these angry rabbits and armored rabbits and fighting rabbits. Ma- many things in that Holy Grail movie that are really funny were things that actually came out of medieval studies. Well, you know, there was this, I think it was a, an early Renaissance artistic style called anthropomorphism. And, I, and for the life of me, I cannot remember where this is. But somewhere in this country, this is back in 93 when I first moved here, I went to a, a Zamek, to a chateau, and it has this hall of hairs. It's, a, it's an entire room, very, very, very large room, filled with these anthropomorphized rabbits. So it's rabbit as builder, rabbit as artist painting. And at the far end of the room is rabbit as judge, jury, and executioner, and on trial is the hunter and his dogs. A lot of these ghost stories have redemption possibilities in them, mm-hmm. right? They're very often, yeah. you did something wrong, like the Iron Knights, a classic, mm-hmm. you know, he did something wrong, he's cursed, but there is a possibility of redemption if he can get forgiveness. Nothing for the turkey, obviously. No, nothing for the turkey. But there are other redemption stories. Yes. I don't know if it's a particular thing with Czech tales, but very many of them, there's, uh, if someone just does this one thing, the haunting will be stopped. Speaking of flaming in the Malastrana, there's like a flaming carriage. Is there like a flaming carriage? And it's one of those stories that if only anybody could figure out what it is that the ghost needs, 
he would be free, but no one can remember how to save the ghost. Yeah, many of the stories there's people have forgotten one of the important parts of the story. And uh, you get this with a lot of things like, oh yeah, if someone would just remember where she hid something and find it, she could, she could be freed from haunting, but no one even remembers what they're looking for anymore. There's a ghost of a Native American who was with the Wild West show, and if someone can find his costume and return it to uh, the U.S. where it belongs, and then his soul could meet up with his possessions in the U.S. and he could rest happily in his homeland, but no one remembers where he sold his costume and no one knows what to look for. And that's here. So it's an American Indian who came yes, here. Yes, there was a Wild West. There, actually, I found posters for that show, so there is some truth in that legend, at least in as much as we did have Wild West shows coming here. There's one that was successful. There was this flaming man on Pojitsu Street. Another on-fire person. What the heck? They, they have a lot of them, and it's it's like you can just do a, a, a mix and match. Do you want a flaming horse, a flaming rider, a flaming three-legged horse, a, <laughs> um, a flaming man, a, a man with a flaming sword? You can just mix in, you know, throw darts at a dartboard and get like any three elements and, oh yeah, there's a story here for that. The flaming man walking down our Pojichi Street, he just wanted someone to talk to and want to find out what the news was, what was going on. But of course, he's a flaming man. Everyone's afraid of him. And Plus, it, he'll catch your newspapers on fire. I, 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 exactly. <laughs> that, that's, that, that's part of the story. If, if someone would even lend him a newspaper, it would just go up in flames before mm-hmm. he could, could read it. And then one night, a drunken man walked up to him and said, oh, yeah, I can tell you what's going on. There's, you know, there's been a revolution. We're a new country now. We're Czechoslovakia. We're not part of the, the empire anymore. And he's like, oh, that's really interesting. That's good. That's all I wanted to know what was, was happening. And poof, he was gone and hasn't come back. He's satisfied with that little piece of news and his haunting is over. You have any, and that's interesting that that goes all the way into the 20th century. Stories go up, up until right right before World War II, and then uh, there's not much from the communist era because they were just down on, on all the superstition stuff. So so I've, I've not really found anything from uh, much after the right before World War II. But, but, so this World War I ghost is a bit of a later one, and one, that, one of the few ones we can actually put a date to. Uh, the husband goes off to fight, and he's reported killed in action. And the war ends. He doesn't come home with with all the other people that came home. So the wife finally thinks, well, it must be must be true. There's been some misinformation and stuff in the past. I didn't want to jump the gun, but uh, he didn't come come back with anybody. No one's heard anything from him, so he must be dead. So she remarries. Thing is, he was just stuck in a hospital out, out in Russia someplace. Comes back uh, Christmas Eve, 1919, and um, says surprise. And she's having Christmas dinner with her new husband. <laughs> oops. Uh, oops. You know there's a bit of a kerfuffle, a bit of a fight. He didn't mean to kill anybody. It was one of those things, you know, this fight started, he got knocked into something, something fell and hit him. He Mm. was killed. He realized that no one was going to believe him that it was a murder, so he kills himself. And then the the wife's left there with two dead bodies, and then she figures, well, I may as well join them because what else can I do at this point? I'm in this apartment with two dead people. No one's going to believe me either. Merry Christmas! Yes. (laughs) Charming holiday tale. And... um, (laughs) So every Christmas Eve, the three of them wander around near the Malastrana metro station, that area, wander those streets, uh, arguing over who the rightful husband is. And if they can ever decide who the rightful husband is, uh, they can all just stop haunting. But no, it's been over 100 years and they're still they're still, still arguing. arguing still arguing over it every Christmas. That's actually kind of awesome because they hold the keys to their own redemption in right. that case. They don't need right. an outside source. That's very funny. Off of Napojici Street, where we talked about the flaming ghost, uh, there's another ghost. There's that small church of St. Peter and Paul. Is it St. Peter and Paul, just St. Peter? I don't know. 
the, no. on Paterska yeah. Namesti. I think it's just St. Peter. So there's a small right. church of St. Peter with the bell tower next to it, and there's this nice little square there. During one of the, one of the plagues, the sextant of the church was uh, taking care of the bodies in the church basement before they could move them to a mass grave because it was a plague. And uh, he used to gamble with his friends, play cards, and all of his friends had died, and it turned out they were all in the basement at the same time. All of his, all of his friends? All, yeah, all of his friends were dead from the plague. His, his whole gambling circle was dead from the plague, oh. and, and he starts going, geez, I would sell my soul if I could just have one more game of cards with oh, them. Oh, you shouldn't say things like that. Shouldn't say things like that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, poof, his friends all sit up and they're ready to play cards with him. So he starts playing cards with his corpse friends and... Uh, Eventually, the devil comes up and says, well, you know, about that deal you made. It's like, (laughs) what deal? You you know that I'd sell my soul for one more game of cards with my friends? Should have said ten more games. Yeah. (laughs) And he's, well, I didn't really mean it, but but you you played the game with your friends. It's too too late now to back out of it. (laughs) So that's it, and he's gone. So so he's gone, and he wanders around that area still, holding out a, a deck of cards, the old German cards with the funny suits on them trying to get someone to uh, play a game with him. And uh, the thing is, if you, you, if you play with him and you win, then he's freed. But if he plays with you and he wins, then the devil gets your soul also. So if you... See, thus no takers. Thus no takers, right. <laughs> so if you see a man there, especially in old-fashioned uh, religious outfits, trying to get you to play a game of cards, I, I would give that a hard miss. You know, it's interesting, the the plague stuff, because, of course, we had many, many plagues through here. I remember you telling me that there was a vampire craze once. When was this? The vampire craze would have been from just before 1700 to about 1750, 1753, when it's just flat out made illegal. Uh, Maria Theresa just cracked down on it because it was becoming an embarrassment for the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So Uh, what was made illegal? uh, Hating vampires? uh, The whole... Digging people up, stake through the heart thing. Oh, really? Is that what they were doing? Here, what they would do, they thought the stake through the heart was a bit flimsy. So they <laughs> they would actually burn the corpses. They would dig up, up the people who were suspected of being vampires. Usually the first person who died locally in an outbreak of an illness. They said, yeah, it all started with that person. Patient zero. Patient burn zero. Him. That must be him, and he must be somehow doing this from the grave. So they would dig them up and burn them. Hmm. And Maria Theresa eventually, to stop this, outlawed cremation. And cremation was illegal in here until 1918 when it became Czechoslovakia. And pe- people didn't remember why we don't cremate people. And they said, oh, it's some, for religious reasons. But it, it actually came back from this uh, 1750s vampire panic that... Uh, I mean, most, obviously it wasn't really vampires. No, it, it wasn't really vampires. It, most likely it was outbreaks of cholera. And... Uh, People didn't want to believe, you know, that cholera was diseased, that you could stop it through good hygiene and things like this. They say they were saying, no, it's it's vampires. Just like just like now <laughs> we have say, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, we have this COVID nineteen, and people are saying, oh, it's not really a virus. It's uh, radiation waves from the five G towers, or it's uh, caused by chemtrails, or dozens of other explanations that don't look at it actually being a virus, which I think most educated people believe it is. So you can find that these things just haven't really ended. They've just become more sophisticated or change their names. If you said now, like, COVID was caused by vampires, yeah, people would, would laugh at you, but people will have serious discussions over the radiation from 5G Right, towers. whether it's a 5G tower or not. Yeah, that's, yeah, isn't that funny that that's, that seemed more likely? You know, there might be some stuff in the water from the river we keep drinking and making our bread with that's causing us all to be sick. Nah, it's vampires. 
Yeah, and you can sort of see, especially it's the biggest part was in uh, northern northern Moravia, and you can sort of see people sitting around the bar having like you know, shots of like Slivovitz, homemade Slivovitz, and thinking, yeah, we should just get out the shovels, dig those guys up. <laughs> Better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. Let's, yeah, let's yeah. just take care of this right away. Get some get some kindling wood, Frantishak. I'll I'll grab the pickaxe. I know it's a, it's it's a little off the ghost topic, but I, I wanted to talk about, you've been talking for quite a number of years now about near where you live, because what neighborhood do you live in? I, I'm in Zhishkov. You're in Zhishkov, yeah. okay. Uh, the, there's what you call the portal to another dimension <laughs> near your place. Yes. Tell um, me about that. Well, there's, there's this large recessed windowsill on this building where I live, and it's a couple of times a week, there's something there from the 1980s, and it's something usually useful. <laughs> Uh, porcelain with nice gold leaf on it and uh, you know the maker's mark on the bottom unusable clothing shoes um, with those bit of clothes like shirts with a big collars yeah there's the things that are a little bit backdated in fashion um, there's been all kinds of things and it's constant right it keeps happening it, over constant. and over and for years this has been going it's, on it's been several years I never see anybody putting anything there I've seen some, some other people taking some things away but I've never seen anybody put something there hmm. and it's usually something from the 1980s or 70s there was a transit uh, shortwave radio was uh, it working the antenna needs to be fixed but it, it, it yeah it works it, it, and I looked it up it was like made in 1988 or something wow so right before the revolution yeah. I wonder you know there's this there, there's this notion that Prague is the most haunted city in mm. Europe. I think a lot of cities this old can can make similar claims. But I've heard this again and again and again and again. That ties in with you can find these maps where Prague is like the heart of Europe, and the map is actually shaped like a person. Really? Yeah. And then Prague is the heart. There is this notion that somehow you know Prague is the beating heart of of Europe. That it's it, that it's just something beyond just a place. That there's I'm not a big believer in these like like energy fields things, but there is a theory that like Prague is like the central point of the energy of of Europe, and it you know ties us to the past very directly. If Prague is the heart, so where's the head? Like Lapland? I think the way they had it, the head would have been like Spain, and you can kind of see Spain as a head kind of tilted. Oh, so it's a guy on his side. So kinda. so. So yeah, the map is tilted, so you have to put it up, and then uh, the Balkans and stuff are the feet or the bottom of the gown or the dress. Like Italy is kind of this arm, kind of. <laughs> well, uh, who knows? I don't believe it, but uh, you know, there's always talk of ley lines and all these different things. And God knows, Prague and Bohemia has been settled since the Stone Age. We've got actual stone circles in Bohemia. We've got old Celtic remnants and Iron Age remnants. Maybe the veil between worlds is thin here in Prague, and maybe we are the beating heart of Europe after all. It's a good place to live. I'd like to thank Raymond for talking to me today. Thank you, Raymond. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, again, check the description for where to find that map. It's at Magic bohemia.com and you can find the article and the link there and also in the description of this podcast thank you for listening to this episode of Prague Times if you liked this episode be sure to like it or share it and tell your friends check us out on all of our social media platforms for extra goodies as well until next time this has been Prague Times